welcome to the latest episode of In the Saddle podcast. Something a little bit different this week, away from our racing previews. We have our visit to the National Stud to talk about. Chris and I were lucky enough to visit the National Stud recently, the place that was the home of the magnificent Mill Reef, one of the best horses in racing history. And now, of course, the home of the star slayer Stradivarius, as well as Time Test, Lopi Fernandez and Rajasing. Did you enjoy our visit to Newmarket, Chris? Yeah, I really did. Um, I've actually never, until then, never been to Newmarket before. It's always... Um, a little bit out of the way for me but it was a really good experience and i've never been to a stallion farm before either so it was just interesting seeing how it all worked um we were made to feel really welcome and yeah i really enjoyed it yeah it was a great experience and really interesting to see how stradivarius has been settling into life in his new career uh, he was full of life as a stayer um we've always been used to seeing him with his cultish rays in the paddock ahead of all of those big races and it was brilliant to see him. He's it's no secret that he's my all time favourite horse. Um so it was yeah, a really special moment to get to meet him. Yeah, no, it certainly was. And you've completed the the Holy Trinity now, isn't it? Stradivarius, Monkfish and Chishkin. <laughs> yeah, I've got to meet them all this year, luckily enough. Um so no, it was fantastic. And we were lucky enough to speak to Anna and Joe from the National Stud as well and here is our interview with Anna and Joe. Okay, so we are here with Anna and Joe from the National Stud, where we're going to be asking them a few questions. We're going to be asking them a little bit about the National Stud, and we'll be talking about some of the stallions as well that are based at the National Stud. So let's uh, kick off by asking, um, how long has the National Stud been going for, and what are kind of the main goals and priorities of the stud? So the National Stud has been in operation for um, over 70 years. It was acquired by the Jockey Club in 2008 and that was very much a commitment to the future sustainability of the thoroughbred breeding and horse racing industry from the Jockey Club. So what we do, the mission for the Jockey Club is to act in the greater good of British horse racing as you can hear we're at the sales and we're surrounded by lots of horses here and um, but the national stud our aim is to act for the greater good of British thoroughbred breeding so that means the sustainability of the industry so you know keeping stallions in the UK keeping mares in the UK trying to keep full production numbers high and supporting British breeders in their endeavours also. Okay, and how many stallions do you currently have at the National Stud? Currently we have four stallions at the National Stud. We have Time Test, Lopi Fernandez, Rajasing and Stradivarius, who I think needs no introduction to people. And that is a roster that we'll be looking to grow over the coming years. And how, and how has it developed with the stallions over the last few years? Have you always had like a consistent amount of stallions? Like it's currently four at the moment, but has it always been around about that many? Um, it, would de it depends on the calibre and quality of the stallions available. Um, uh, our most famous horse that we would have stood in the late 70s, uh, early 80s, and through the 80s was, was Mill Reef, who was obviously a, a, a champion and a great influence for, for speed in the breed. Um, over the years, we've stood quite a few middle distance horses, so Suave Dancer, um, Silver Patriarch, Bahamian Bounty as a sprinter and sire of Pastoral Pursuits who won the July Cup was with us for a long time and only passed away in um, 2020. Um, our optimum number is 
I'm just pausing here for the for the the noise behind me but Ed our optimum our optimum number will be between six and eight stallions and that depends on price point quality what's available and um, the UK stallion market can be quite volatile and it's very difficult to secure quality stallions um, to make them accessible for British breeders so that's something that we're always working on. Okay. So the main reason we're here today is because of Katie's love of Stradivarius and I know you had a few questions you wanted to ask about Stradivarius. So yes, Stradivarius, yeah, Stradivarius is a very popular horse, uh, captured the imagination of racing fans all over the world. How has he settled into life as a stallion? Um, he settled in exactly how we wanted him to settle in. Um, with a horse of his age, I suppose people didn't really know how uh, he would settle into that routine of being a stallion, having a job, having a purpose um, every day to, to breed mares. Um, but he's done it amazingly well, and that's probably a credit to the facilities we have at the National Stud, um, but most importantly, the staff who, who dedicate their life to looking after these horses. So um, we're really happy, Strad's really happy, and we're moving forward with him into his second year standing at the National Stud. So people will be used to seeing him full of life at the races, quite cultish and noisy. I like the ones we're hearing behind us here. Um, is that the Stradivarius you see at the stud as well? The, the Stradivarius you see is full of personality. Like every, every stallion at the stud has their own personality, their own different little things they do. Uh, and he definitely has his own one, but like he's a very straightforward horse to handle. And um, I think that's probably a sign that he's happy in himself and he, he likes his job and he likes the routine that he's in. Can you give us, us an idea of a day in the life of a stallion at the stud? What would Stradivarius's diary look like on a regular day? Um, it, like everything to do with horse racing, it starts nice and early. The, 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 the guys there will get in at about half six. Um, he'll be fed, put out into his paddock at this time of the year where he'll be for most of the day. We think it's really important at the stud. Not only for uh, the minds of the stallions, but in terms of fertility, just to be out in the paddock for as much time as possible. That's where they're happy at, that's in, in, in their natural environment. So at this time of year, he'll be in there to about eight o'clock at night. Uh, and then he'll be brought back in, he'll have his, his supper, and he'll be well rugged, groomed over, all that stuff, and, and that's it. It slightly looks slightly different in the breeding season, um, where he, uh, I suppose he's sort of dictated by the mares he's covering that day, somewhere between one to four mares per day. Um, and if he is covering mares, he'll stay in the box until that's done, and then he'll go out into his paddock. This is a £10,000 stud fee. Uh, plenty of incentives offered by his owner, breeder Bjorn Nielsen, to encourage fat breeders to send their mares to him. Have you received more interest in Stradivarius than you expected, with breeders looking to take advantage of those bonuses? I think we, we knew when we were getting into Stradivarius how well he'd be received. We looked at his race record, his turn of foot that he had, all the soundness he had throughout his whole career. So we weren't surprised at all that he covered 120 mares in his first season, which is right up there with some of the top first season stallions. Um, breeders obviously had this added incentive of the bonus. Um, full credit to Bjorn Nelson for um, establishing that scheme, which I think has made a really massive difference. Um, and look, he is a horse that had so many qualities that we want in horses, in thoroughbreds. Um, and I think breeders really seen that uh, and were happy that he was so well supported. And what's the quality of mares visiting him like? Is it a mixture of both flat and national hunt mares or is it predominantly flat mares? It's predominantly flat mares. Um, again, breeders um, were able to see that what, what, what it takes to be a, a top quality thoroughbred racing in the flat he had all those qualities um, so they're very happy to support 
um, with flat mares and he really had a wide range of books. There's no typical mare that he had, range of distances, ranges of pedigrees and, and a range of owners as well. So that's, that's been a very positive. Yeah, we look forward to seeing his foals next year. Uh, of the other stallions, you have Time Test, who's a lead in first season sire by black type winners in 2021. Um, how is he getting on at stud? Yeah, Time Test, a, a really important stallion for us. We love him very much, um, consistently getting the, the winners, um, supported again by breeders this year very well. And I think the future uh, is really bright for Time Test. So his best progeny to date is Cryptoforce, a Group 2 winner. He uh, famously beat August Rodan on his debut. Um, Time Test currently has a stud fee of 15000 this season. Do you expect that to rise in the coming seasons? I, we, we really haven't crossed that bridge yet. We set our fees before the breeding season. Um, we'll sit down, I suppose, around Christmas time. We'll review all stallions and we'll set them at a price that's really got the breeder in mind. And Lopi Fernandez, he welcomed his first crop of foals this year. Uh, Five-time group one placed. Uh, he seems to have produced a, a lovely first crop of foals. Have they been developing well? And how do you expect him to develop as a stallion? Yeah, we, we just couldn't be happier with the Lopi Fernandez foals. We couldn't be happier for all the partners involved. We had the privilege of seeing so many born at our own farm. But we know that Whisperer Manor and Nick Bradley have also seen some really quality foals. They'll be heading to the foal seals this year. Uh, and we're in a really good place with Lopi. We're so excited about him. He was an amazing racehorse, really raced at the top level. And for such an affordable fee by Lope de Vega, we, we're just so excited for the future. And then Rajasin uh, won the Coventry Stakes in record time, beat a field including US Navy flag, stands at stud for 3,000. Uh, is it safe to say he represents a bit of value there? And how is he getting on? Rajasin absolutely represents value to breeders. His stats are really quite phenomenal from very small books what he's achieved. He's currently 55% winners to runners from only 21 runners. And they're not just winning once, they're winning multiple times. And they're hardy, tough racehorses and exactly what trainers would want. So he just, he keeps defying the odds and he, we're absolutely chuffed to bits with how he's performing so far. And if we look at, we, we think about a big topic of conversation is sustainability within the sports and that sustainability financially as well is an important aspect of what the National Stud does. Um, so for a stallion that can consistently get you winners and upgrade your mare, we don't think that anybody should be breeding to any other horse apart from Rajasing at that level. So that was the end of our interview with Anna and Joe. You can probably hear in the background actually a few uh, noises from some of the horses. We were actually speaking to them at the tax sales. Uh, it was a bit of a busy day for them. So thanks again for giving up their time. Uh, it was great speaking to them. But Katie, what was your overall impression visiting the National Stud and what did you make of seeing the Stallions? Yeah, it's a lovely place. It's a great setup. But fantastic facilities there and the stallions seem to be enjoying their life there. Uh, Stradivarius was his usual boisterous self as people will be so used to seeing him ahead of his races when he was a racehorse in, in that career um, and he was full of life yet again and it was also great to see Lopi Fernandez, a horse that was trained by Aidan O'Brien of course and a horse I'd always followed as well. I, I remember fondly of him finishing third in the Breeders' Cup mile when Aidan O'Brien had that one, two, three. Uh, if you remember, Order of Australia followed home by Circus Maximus and Lopi Fernandez uh, in the hands of Frankie de Tori finishing in third. And he's a fantastic horse, a very smart-looking son of Lope de Vega. He was a Group 3 winner as a juvenile and he placed in multiple 
a Group One race is. He's a very versatile horse, and he seems to be doing well um, as a stallion too. His his first proper foals arrived this year, and so we're looking forward to seeing them on track uh, in the next couple of seasons and and see how they get on. But looks a very promising type as a stallion, and of course, fantastic to see Rajasing as well. Uh, he was Coventry Stakes winner in 2017. He beat a field, including US Navy flag. He went on to win two Group 1s that season and now stands at stud in, in Coolmore, you know. So there's a lot of speed in Raja Singh and, and we've seen him have a few winners uh, on the flat this season too. Now, time test, as I mentioned, he wasn't there. He's standing at stud in the Southern Hemisphere for their breeding season. But he's been going great guns with his progeny. He's the leading first season sire by black type winners in 2021. He was a dual group two winner on track, a grade one placed in the USA, and, and his dam was a group one winner as well. Uh, his best progeny to date, Crypto Force, group two winner. He beat subsequent derby winner August Rodan on debut, and he's an exciting type when he's uh, going to be back out on the race course. Um, so, you know, there's a lot of great stallions there in the four that they have standing at the stud. And it was great to hear Anna and Joe's thoughts about them and the whole setup there. And of course, Stradivarius, his record speaks for itself. Seven-time Group 1 winner, 18 group wins, the most of any European horse. And I think what's most impressive about Stradivarius, away from the fact that he was able to compete at the highest level year after year and win all of those cup races that he did which is is really no mean feat it's very difficult to do we're seeing that this season with many of these stayers they're having little niggles and injuries and they're unable to compete in all of the group races so for him to come back year after year and be winning uh, it was very impressive but his soundness to complete seven seasons of racing with very little problems um, I think it, it makes him a very attractive prospect as a stallion. And being by See the Stars, too, he has that class, very attractive pedigree. Um, but the fact that he was able to stay sound for so long in a sport where we're often robbed of seeing those top-class horses year after year because they tend to have little niggles here and there or injuries that keep them out, which is always a great shame. But that's the reality, really. But for Stradivarius to come back year after year, I think it was mightily impressive. And uh, I just hope that we, we see him go on to the success that he was as a race course, that he's able to have that success as the stallion too. Now, certainly great to see um, the variety of stallions they had at the National Stud. Uh, obviously, registering focusing more on the sprinting types. They've got the middle distance horses with the likes of Lopi Fernandez and Time Test. And hopefully as well, we'll see some nice stairs over the next few years from Stradivarius. Really looking forward to seeing his progeny. But it was good to do something different on the podcast for a change other than doing the betting previews. Um, if you want to see us do more of this kind of thing, please let us know on the old socials or you can email us at inthesaddlepodcast at gmail. Dot com. But did you enjoy doing that kind of podcast, Katie, for a change? Yeah, I really did. It was a great opportunity to get to go to the National Stud and and see the, the star in Stradivarius and, and the other stallions, of course, and, and how it all worked, really. It was fantastic. And a big thank you to everyone at the National Stud for the, for the welcome and for taking the time to answer our questions and, and talk to us. And hopefully our listeners enjoyed it. Yeah, hopefully they did. 
But um, before we sign off, just a reminder to follow us on the social uh, media platforms. We're available to follow on Instagram at twi- and Twitter at In the Saddle Pod. And we'll be seeing you again soon.